0: celebrating 100 years of service. I'm Christian Blood. 55
1: KTSA.
2: And here's Jack Riccardi. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to KTSA. It's uh, very, it's great to hear you, and uh, it's great to be working with you, and welcome aboard. Jack, I'm just happy I didn't break anything that time. So, Well, I, I, you know... Um... I probably shouldn't be telling you this on the air, but mm-hmm. uh, if you don't break anything, we'll never get anything new.
3: So. <laughs> There's a strategy here, I guess. Yeah,
2: <laughs> once in a while you're going to need to. But anyway, welcome Christian Blood, part you. of our KTSA news team. Thank you And very good afternoon. Much. We made it to Friday. I'm not sure what that means anymore. It used to, back in the olden days, uh, you know, that was the end of the work week. But I don't know, maybe it could be the middle of your work week now for all I know. Uh, you're probably having a better day today than President Joe Biden is. Uh, Joe Biden had another Ron Burgundy moment. Uh, This morning, he was uh, giving this his uh, remarks about abortion. He's issued an executive order trying to counter the effects of the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court. And while reading his speech off the White House teleprompter, he wound up reading the stage direction as well. Take a listen to this.
4: It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or or maybe precise, not and or or political power. So I don't
2: know. Maybe he was saying, let me repeat the line, but he didn't repeat it. I think the teleprompter was telling him he was supposed to, you know, read something twice in a row. They probably should just print it out twice in a row or, you know, maybe we should have a president who can say this stuff. Um, but it, it's it's emblematic of where they're going, right? I mean, every day there are stories about how even the Democrats are panicking about Joe Biden. Uh, here, here's Politico.com uh, with a story about how Democratic governors are begging the White House to bail them out in the midterms. And uh, it says um, they want to see a clear demonstration of new action from the White House. Don't just tell us what you've done. Uh, tell us what you're going to do. Underlying it all, says Politico.com, is a concern that Biden and his team are not just out of fresh ideas, but increasingly out of time before the midterms. Joe Biden isn't out of fresh ideas. Joe Biden hasn't had a fresh idea, hasn't been a fresh idea since the 1970s. His entire agenda, which really isn't even his, is a rehash of the longtime time Santa Claus list that progressives have always had. It's perked around for decades. And it's mishmashed up with things that progressives, young Democrats want. These are people that have no use for Joe Biden. He has no connection to them, no familiarity. His, uh, you know, sort of reason for being a Democrat is from an entirely different era uh than theirs is. And so you have a guy that wasn't a big idea guy to begin with, never has been uh running into a bunch of people who have ideas that he just has a very hard time articulating and um right at the moment they've really seized on the abortion issue we're going to talk about that because i I'm, I'm one who questions whether or not that is where the election is gonna is going to hinge and don't get me wrong it's an emotional issue it's a powerful issue but I'm kind of uh, from the school that says uh, people vote the pocketbook, they vote the stuff that's affecting them directly on a day-to-day basis. Uh, They seem to think, and he said it in the speech today, that this is going to unleash a wave of furious women. That's the line he was trying to deliver. Women uh, vote at a higher uh, rate than men, and so you look out, Republicans, you're going to be sorry you did this. Meantime, back on the pocketbook issues, here's... Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House Press Secretary, uh, taking a question about the strength of the economy and inflation. Listen to this, because this is their position. She's She's giving you their talking point of the day on the economy. Listen to this.
5: Because
0: because when you look at inflation, when we look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. When you look at the unemployment numbers at 3.6%, uh, when you look at the jobs numbers, uh, more than 8.7 million of, of new jobs created, that is important
5: because...
2: Um. That's the second or third time I've heard her say that. I don't hear her every day, so maybe she said it even more. This is the strongest we have ever been in history. You would have to be really, really young, I mean way younger than KGP, to actually believe that. This is the strongest economy. Now, the the whole 8.7 million jobs thing is... These these are the jobs that are coming back from COVID. They're not creating new jobs. But it, it, they're panicking about the economy and they're trying to spin it. It's an audacious lie. It's a big lie. I mean, it's, it's the biggest lie you could tell about the economy. It's one thing to say things aren't as bad as they look or we have a plan. But to say this is the strongest economy um, ever is to tell you and me not to believe our own lying eyes right like we don't know <laughs> when you pay for groceries or gasoline you, you you don't you don't that's not real there is no faster way to tick off people than to not only show them that you're hurting them economically but to then insult them by telling them they're doing fine you're doing fine you've never done better and the thing about it is this is what people vote for. They vote for or based on how they feel in their wallet, how they feel in their pocketbook. I think it was James Carville who famously said, it's the economy, stupid. In good times, in bad times, when you're trying to get voters to care about something else, it's pretty hard to do. And, you know, we've seen some stories recently that indicate that even Joe Biden's most ardent supporters are hitting the panic button. Uh, Did you see the story the other day about the actress Deborah Messing? She was on Will and Grace. Remember her? There was a bunch of celebrity Democrats that were summoned to a Zoom call with the White House, and they dropped their, you know, brunches and everything and got right down to business they got on this call with the Biden White House and they probably felt honored that they were being tapped for this important strategy session Um, but Messing says that she was furious with the call that she was yelling I got you elected and why are you coming to us asking us to do more and support more and donate more we got you elected. And they're furious because the guy they selected, or who was selected for us, isn't making them happy. You know, it, it, you got to remember something about Joe Biden, the politician. He, he ran for president twice before, and he dropped out quickly. He had to pull the cord on his own campaign. When the third time came around, he wasn't doing much better. In fact, he was probably doing a lot worse. But then there was this back door, I mean, you know, back room, behind the scenes, orchestrated thing where they decided to all get behind him. I call it the Trojan horse strategy. Other people have called it that, too. The All the... All the unpopular, unwieldy, progressive, Green New Deal stuff that you couldn't possibly retail to people directly. They put that into the Joe Biden Trojan horse. And here's Joe Biden, who seems kind of like an amiable dunce or, or not a guy that would do anything too rambunctious or crazy. If nothing else, even if you're not that impressed with them, you figure, well, he he's not going to. It's not going to be capable of anything too drastic, and we just want to. We want a period of calm after the Trump years. This was the narrative, and so just just go with this guy, and everything will be fine. And he said things like restoring the soul of the country and and all of that. Um, that was what they needed. That was what they used him for, and now they're using him again. They're going to throw him under the bus. They're going to blame him, not themselves for this. Cockamamie plan that made him president, but they're going to blame him. Did you see there's protests? This is pretty uh, interesting. I know it's far away and we don't pay attention, but the farmers in the Netherlands are rioting. They're rioting and they're protesting because the government is cracking down. And this is, I'm not going to get too in the weeds on this, I promise, but their government is cracking down on. Uh, fertilizer, and it's putting farmers out of business. But the point of me, me bringing this up is there's a country, like many, where people normally obey their government. And we're seeing this all around the world. The little guy in places where political protest and expression are not normal, in our country they are, but in many countries, the, the highest aspiration of a citizen is to be obedient. The little guy is speaking up and standing up. And you've, you saw it in France last summer. These are not countries known for this kind of political acting out. People, people are getting it. People are being told to sh- sit down and shut up. Have been for years and they're and they're resisting it and 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 I mean think about this too in those countries the people running the show are younger and more vibrant but even they're not f- pulling the wool over people's eyes not anymore so something is happening something is changing we're going to talk about that by the way speaking of uh the world obviously big story today the assassination of the ex Prime Minister of Japan. We're going to talk to Gordon Chang about that here coming up in a little while. We're going to ask you on the JR poll today. The governor has issued some more orders on the border, uh, and it involves what they're going to do with illegal immigrants that they, they catch, that they pick up inside Texas across the border. So our question on the JR poll, powered by Stevens Roofing, do you think Governor Abbott's doing enough about the border right now? Are you satisfied that he's doing enough? Yes or no, 210-599-5555. We're going to talk about that. Gordon Chang going to join us. Many other things later on The Dish as we kick off the weekend here on 550 and
3: 1071 KTSA. Head into the
2: weekend on 550 and 1071 KTSA, Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. Later on The Dish. So they came out today and said that the uh, Border Patrol agents on horseback did not whip, did not use the whip on the uh, Haitian illegal immigrants in that incident near Del Rio. They're not going to press charges. Um, They did uh, use the term unnecessary force. But remember, the president, the vice president, the secretary of Homeland Security, on down, leaders in Congress, spoke of horse whipping, drew comparisons to lynch mobs, In other words, they talked about law enforcement officers who wear the uniform of the United States the way we talk about the Russian army in Ukraine, our own leaders. And here is the report, and here is the final finding, no criminal charges, no prosecution. I I won't even ask the question, it would be a waste of oxygen, will the people that Smeared them, apologize I, I know they won't. you know they won't where Where do people go to get their reputation back? Where do people go to get their their good name back? Now, the uh, governor today has ordered the national Guard to start arresting illegal immigrants and returning them to the border. This is how it's being reported. He gave an executive order. He did not declare an invasion. Remember, the sheriffs in Kinney and Uvalde County wanted, and Goliad County wanted an invasion declaration because that word is mentioned in the Constitution as something that would um, enable states to repel an invasion if they're not getting backed up by the federal government. So, anyway, he didn't use the word, but he escalated his efforts, and he says that they're going to um, bring illegal immigrants. Back to the border. Remember, previously, the governor was bus uh, bussing them up to Washington, D.C. as a symbolic act. So I read this in a few different places, and if I'm reading it right, he's not saying we're returning them across the border. He's not returning them to the other side of the border. He's returning them to the border. He's returning them to and releasing them in the Texas side of the border. If I'm reading that right, is that is that what you want? Is that good enough? 210 599 You know, it's catch and release whether you're releasing them in a border county, whether you're releasing them in San Antonio, whether you're releasing them in you know, on the steps of the Capitol building in Washington. It's catch and release. You know, if you throw the fish back, doesn't matter which side of the boat you throw it out of, right? 210-599-5555. Are you satisfied? Do you think the governor is doing enough? That's our JR poll. Probably one of the most frequently asked questions uh, I get these days are, who do you think is going to run for president in 2024? And I'm getting to the point where I I really don't know. The answer is I don't know. But I'm at the point where I feel like I need to have some kind of answer because it comes up so often. So here's how I'm going to answer that question. If you want to know who the Republicans are going to run in 2024, Republicans will almost always run the candidate the mainstream media want them to run. You're like, what? What? but but it's true, with the exception of Donald Trump in 2016 and Ronald Reagan in 1980, they almost always nominate the person that the Washington media tell them they should, the networks tell them they should, the New York Times tells them they should. Think about it, Romney, McCain, the Bushes, Jerry Ford, these were the people they were told were the best people, and Republicans said, oh, okay, we'll do that. In every case they had other choices. And in every case they did what they were told. They they know that the media establishment hates them and votes ninety plus percent for the Democrats, but they, they, they take their orders from the media who hate them. That's what they do. And and even Trump in twenty sixteen, I'm not I'm not sure that's even an exception to the rule because remember, the minute Donald Trump began running for president. They dropped everything to cover every event he did. And I don't just mean Fox. I mean CNN and NBC and all of them. I mean, remember how many times you would turn on a news channel and there'd be the empty Trump podium somewhere? Because they didn't even want to miss the beginning. They didn't want to come in late. So they would they would stay there with live coverage and, and there'd be nothing happening. And they gave him hundreds of millions of dollars in free Media, the Bobby Jindals and the Scott Walkers and the Rand Pauls and the Ted Cruz's, they couldn't possibly compete with that. They had no they had no chance. Once Trump got in, as much as the media act like they hate him, they love him. And he used to joke about it. Remember, he used to say, I'm good for their ratings. Okay, so back to the present. Who are they going to run? Who's going to run for president? If Republicans do what they usually do... They're going to nominate the person the media want them to nominate. And you know who that is this time? That's Donald Trump. That's Donald Trump. That's who they want. I know. They're covering J6 hearings and he's terrible and we can't norm this and threat to our democracy. And they're saying all that and they'll keep saying it and they'll say it even once he's running. But watch what they do. Watch how fast he sucks up all the available airtime, all the print space. They won't miss a millisecond. So I I, I don't know. I'm not saying you should put any money down. But generally, Republicans will almost always nominate the media-preferred candidate. Now, Democrats will usually not nominate the uh, media-preferred candidate. Like, in 2020, there was that huge field of Democratic candidates, and the media were in love with, they they loved Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren and, briefly, Kamala Harris and others. They really weren't that in love with Joe Biden. But that's who the Democrats picked. If you think about 2008... The media loved Hillary Clinton. It was her turn and time for a woman, and they nominated Barack Obama. So it's a funny thing. It's a Democratic-dominated news media, but generally Democrats defy the media preferences, and Republicans stupidly uh, <laughs> take their take their marching orders from the media. Again, there are a few exceptions, and maybe twenty twenty-four will be one of them. But I would say right now. Uh, they'll nominate Trump if he runs because the media want that, and they don't want any of these other Republicans who would be more of a problem, right? More, more, uh, maybe more nimble, more wonky, better on the issues, but, but not as good for the ratings. Celebrating 100 years of service.
1: 55. KTSA.
2: KTSA Time 435. It's Jack Riccardi on Friday. We'll have the dish. We'll talk restaurants. Coming up in our 6 o'clock hour. And in the meantime, on the JR Poll, powered by Stevens Roofing, do you think Governor Abbott's border response has been enough? I mean, you compare it to the federal government right now, and you're you're grateful we have them. But is it enough? 210 599 55 Fifty-five. Who will the Republicans run in twenty twenty-four? If history indicates uh, anything, they usually nominate the person the media tell them to nominate. They're funny that way, and that might be Trump, because they want the spectacle. They can't let go. I mean, you know, Democrats do right. They're still they're running against him, and he's not even on the ballot. They're propping you know cardboard cutups of him out, uh, cardboard cut up cutouts of him just so they can have him to run against. They don't want to run on their record. They don't want to run against their actual ballot opponents in the midterm. So, it's all about him. Everything is about him. If it's a cloudy day, it's about him. Right? And and the media like a good show. They like a spectacle. That's why they gravitated to him in, in 2020. That's why the... Uh, Excuse me. In 2016, that's why the other uh, Republican candidates who had, you know, serious candidacies. I mean, you had Perry and Jindal and Walker and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. All these people, but they, they, there was no, there was no way to to compete, and the media would be waiting for a Trump rally to begin and not covering a campaign event by one of the other Republican candidates. I have the feeling that if he's in the in the mix, that's what they're going to do this time. They're going to want that again. And Lord knows right now, if you look at their ratings, they need it. So the guy that they say is the greatest danger to the Republic is also the only guy that can save their ratings. It's funny how that works. 210-599-5555 as we talk about the uh, Abbott border response as well. And we bring in now... Uh, author and commentator Gordon Chang, who you can follow on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. We talk about the assassination, the shocking assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. And Gordon Chang, welcome back. It's good to have you with us this afternoon. Shinzo Abe, in a parliamentary system where where governments change over more frequently, um, had, what, I think nine total years As prime minister, so that's almost like you know in in a parliamentary system, that's almost like dog years. That's an incredible amount of longevity in the tumult of Japanese politics, right?
4: Well, certainly, his first term, two thousand six two thousand seven, was a one year uh, prime ministership, but the second term is what people focus on. Um, That was two thousand twelve to twenty twenty. Now, before that second term, there were revolving door Japanese prime ministers. After Abe resigned, um, we've had two years and two Japanese prime Mm. ministers. So we're going back to that old, um, a new prime minister a year routine. Um, What Abe was able to do was to provide stability in Japanese politics. And he was doing that at the time of his death because he was the leader of the biggest faction in the governing liberal democratic party. So he was providing um, some sort of sanity in the Japanese system
2: what did he mean to his country and what did he mean to this country
4: well to the united states he reoriented japan um, toward uh, washington away from china he um, wanted a bigger japanese military he wanted uh, support of taiwan Uh, he wanted to move away from the pacifist constitution article nine that prevents japan from using force to settle international disputes in other words If if, um, the Japanese were to adhere to their American-drafted constitution, they couldn't even defend themselves if China invaded. Um, So Abe wanted to move away from what was obviously something that was unworkable. To Japan, he was a dominant political figure. Even those people who didn't like his policies, and there were a fair number of Japanese who didn't, they liked him as a person, Um, and that gave gave him his strength, and that's why – he had such longevity during his second term as prime minister.
2: And um, w- you mentioned that he was a a leader of a major wing of his political party. Uh, he was he was giving a political speech or a campaign speech. What was he in the midst of, of trying to do at the time that he was shot?
4: Well, he was giving a speech to an LDP candidate, and on Sunday there will be nationwide elections for the upper house of the Diet. These are um, important. Um, the LDP wants to cement its hold, um, and um, that's what uh, Shinzo Abe was doing. He was going around supporting LDP candidates.
2: Um, and, you know, the, um, the, a lot of the media coverage here, uh, Gordon, has been about the fairly strict gun laws that uh, Japan has. W- what does it say to you that this assassin apparently homemade the weapon that he used to shoot Shinzo Abe?
4: Um, If I can borrow a line from the NRA, it's uh, people kill people. It's not guns that kill people. Now, um, obviously, there's a lot of complications uh, regarding that statement, but there's a truth in that, and that is that if someone wants to kill somebody else, they will find a way. Um, They'll either do it with a gun, and if they can't get a gun, they'll make a gun, Or they'll find something else. But the real issue is uh, people. Now, Japan has what people say are the strictest gun control rules on Earth, and and yet we saw this horrible event today.
2: Follow him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon Chang with us on our ktsa Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line on KTSA. Gordon, thank you today. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you so much, Jack. I appreciate it.
2: 442 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. We are just getting word now, this has just come down, breaking news, that uh, Elon Musk has sent a letter to Twitter terminating the merger agreement. He is ending the process uh, about buying Twitter. And we've heard for the last, <clears throat> pardon me, about the last 24 hours that this this deal might be on the rocks, over the issue of fake accounts. Now, I don't know, that the, the, I don't have any more information in front of me right now. This is just coming down uh, from Bloomberg. But um, we, we've been hearing that Musk is very concerned about how many fake accounts Twitter has. Remember, you, you, when you're buying any company, you're buying its assets. In the case of Twitter, its assets are its accounts. And um, if... When I heard, uh, I forget who said it, but when I heard some some executive, somebody at Twitter, come out and say, as an attempt to reassure about fake accounts, the line was, well, Twitter removes um, a million fake um, accounts uh, every week. I thought that was a little bit like a restaurant telling you how many cockroaches it kills every day. Like, if a restaurant, in an attempt to get you to come in and eat there, said, here's how many cockroaches we kill per day or per week, would that make you want to go there? Probably not, right? It's kind of gross. Well, if if Twitter has that many fake accounts that it's, you know, having to kill them by the millions, then you would rightly wonder, well, what, what exactly am I buying? But there's another theory about Elon Musk and Twitter that is interesting, and I'll just share this. I, I can't prove it. I don't know if it's true or not. And again, we're just getting breaking news here that uh, Elon Musk has sent a letter to Twitter terminating the uh, purchase agreement, thus ending, at least for now, the the plan to acquire the company, and and make those shareholders very rich because they were going to be getting well above market price. Anyway, the theory is that Elon Musk has really never been serious about buying Twitter, but he used this whole process to expose them. And think about it. Through the whole process, he has publicly bashed and publicly critiqued Twitter as a business and as a business model. And by the way, part of the negotiations and the documents that were being signed involved agreements not to... When when you're in the process of buying a publicly traded company, you sign documents that say you will not disparage the company. You will not reveal things that you may have learned or that they've shown you that would be disparaging. And so... Twitter could go to the SEC and get uh huge fines levied on Elon Musk because he has uh said the things he said well he doesn't care he's got the money right i mean these fines won't won't put a dent in his wealth is it possible therefore knowing that he's going to be fined knowing that the rules of the game are you don't say uh, any disparaging things Has that maybe been the point? Hey, I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna get under the hood. I'm gonna get a look at these accounts. I'm gonna get a look at this content moderation. I'm gonna talk publicly about it. I'm one of the most followed, listened to people in the world. So everything I tell people about Twitter is gonna reach a lot of ears. And I'm gonna know things that I wouldn't be in a position to know if I wasn't their suitor, right? is it possible this whole thing was never really about becoming the proprietor, but just getting under the, you know, getting, getting behind the curtain, getting under the hood, however you want to say it. I mean, maybe that's what it was about. 210-599-5555. So uh, we were just talking to Gordon Chang about Shinzo Abe's assassination in Japan. Uh, it 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 is a huge blow to a major U.S. ally and, it is the loss of maybe the Japanese statesman that best understood the value of the alliance with the United States. There's probably no one else on the scene that gets the connection between our two countries as he as he got it, unfortunately, we have to say in the past tense now. So we have that. We have the breaking news about Twitter and Elon Musk. We have the governor with his new border order, which apparently only moves illegal immigrants back toward the border, but doesn't move them across the border seeing how you feel about that with our jr poll powered by stevens roofing and phone lines open for all of this 210-599-5555 on 550 and 1071 ktsa
3: this is alex stone abc news congratulations to ktsa on 100 years of service to san antonio and south texas
2: 451 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. So what do you think about this news that Elon Musk is not going to buy Twitter? I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Twitter. I wouldn't even be on Twitter if it wasn't for this job. Um, and I've, I've been saying for years, I think Twitter is not as... It, it, it is artificially important to people in my business, the media, and to politicians. They think Twitter's the universe. They think They think the whole country is there. And it's a shortcut to finding out where people are at. Um, I, but when you actually participate in that universe, it's a toilet. It's it's a, it's a it's a grimy back alley of the real world, and 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 so apparently, from what I'm gleaning here, we're still getting the the early you know bits and pieces of this story. But the letter that that the musk people sent says that this termination is due to materially inaccurate representations and most people think that means i'm looking at bloomberg i'm looking at cnbc fox business network most people think that is a reference to the fact that when musk's people looked at twitter they found that there's a there's a lot more fake accounts than twitter claims twitter says somewhere around five percent of their accounts are spam or fake accounts well how do you know right if you're being fooled you don't know how much you're being fooled if you knew the exact percentage you'd probably have a handle on getting rid of them but they don't they claim they are clearing them out by the by the gazillions but that means they have a lot of them and that kind of buttresses what we've thought all along right that this isn't the real world that when a politician or a celebrity is boasting about X number of Twitter followers, Y percentage of that is are not real people. What do you think? I mean, I, personally, I I know a lot of people were rooting for this because you you thought well he'll he'll get rid of these algorithms and all this banning and he was saying things about how everybody should be able to get on there and say what they want to say. And maybe I'm in the minority on this. what was it forty or fifty billion dollars i I just and it's his money, and he knows a lot more about money than I do, obviously. I just don't think it's worth it i don't think I don't think it's anywhere near that. I mean just about anything you did with fifty billion dollars would probably be better than buying Twitter and if you care about platforms and open access to the then create one, you know. But I I don't know. I I would say good good for him. He's got he's gotten people to see a lot of what is fake, and and exaggerated about Twitter, and now he's not wasting his money buying it. So to me that seems like a good outcome. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. President uh, Biden issuing orders today on. Um, Abortion, just so you know, um, basically these orders are to make sure that states will not prevent women from crossing into other states to get an abortion. And I'm pro-life, but I'll tell you right now, there is no way any state, any governor should ever prevent any American from crossing state lines to do anything. It doesn't matter whether the issue is abortion or anything else. We absolutely move around this country at our own will, under our own power, freely. If another state has a different law about abortion, that's between their voters and their elected officials. My concern is what my state does. Your concern is what your state does. I, I don't know that this is, and we've talked about this with Bill Pyatt, our constitutional law expert, I don't know that this is a real threat. This sounds like something that the the Democrats have invented so that they can claim they're doing something about abortion. I don't know that there's any and Piat told us there's really no there's no mechanism by which states could prevent you from going to another state because you were going to avail yourself of different laws in that state. You know, going way, way back, there used to be a term for divorce called a Reno divorce it's not a term you hear anymore, but at one time, Nevada had a unique set of no-fault divorce laws. And you could obtain a divorce in Nevada by simply establishing residence for, I forget how many weeks it was, it was a very short amount of time. So you would go there, you would rent an apartment or a room or whatever, you would establish that period of residency And then they would allow you a divorce with no fault, meaning that a long time ago, the only way judges granted divorces were when you you could prove that you needed one. Today, we have what's called no-fault divorce. And divorce is now basically a rote procedure. So people get divorces for any and every reason, and whatever you think of that, my point is, at no time did other states prevent people from going to nevada nor should they so this is not an abortion issue this is a government needs to stay out of people's business issue and i don't think it was ever a threat and i don't think biden can do anything to intervene but this was his symbolic gesture look at i'm doing something don't be mad at me i'm acting i'm aggressively acting can't read the teleprompter, but I'm doing something. Tell me what you think, 210-599-5555. We're going to catch up on the news, all the top stories, a lot of breaking news this afternoon. Then we'll continue our conversation here, live on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Celebrating 100 years of service, I'm Christian Blood. 55
1: KTSA.
2: And here once again is Jack Riccardi. I was just reading uh, last night about how the uh, State Department, Christian, has a new anti-corruption guy. So this is the person in charge of what's called the Office of Anti-Corruption and Nepotism. Mm-hmm. His name is Rich Nephew. <laughs> is that serious? It's his name. <laughs> Rich Nephew. Rich Nephew. Okay. So I would think you've got to be really good at it if that's your name. I was going to say, maybe there's a tie-in that, uh, that we're not aware of. <laughs> I mean, you're swimming upstream with that name, right? I mean, <laughs> right. It, w- whatever you've got to be, you've got to work twice as hard, and yep. anti-corruption with the name, rich nephews. One would so, think whoever he is, we wish him, we wish him well. Good luck, Rich. <laughs> All right, <laughs> he probably has a brother, uh, no good. Um, Five oh eight on KTSa. We're an hour away from the dish. We'll be talking restaurants. We'll kick off the weekend with that. It's our longstanding tradition here. In the meantime, we're kind of dishing over and kicking over the. The big news stories uh, of the day, everything from the president coming out and talking about abortion to what Governor Abbott is doing or not doing about the southern border. Um, We're asking you on the Stevens Roofing J.R. poll, do you think Governor Abbott's border response is enough? You know it's more than you'd be getting if Beto O'Rourke was governor, but maybe it's not as much as you'd be getting if uh, Ron DeSantis was governor. What do you think? 210-599-5555. 210 599 and then the uh breaking news of the last hour that Elon Musk has terminated the purchase of Twitter uh again I, I have to say selfishly because I I hate Twitter and I don't use it very much I don't I don't care what happens to it I I I heard all the theories that he was going to make it better and fairer and what have you but um that to me is like saying you're going to you know you're gonna buy a public bathroom and make it nicer you know I mean it's still it's still a toilet if if anything a guy like Elon Musk could probably do a lot more good with the 40 or 50 billion somewhere else so we'll see what he does next what his next move is. Um, I do kind of like the theory that maybe he was just interested in pulling back the curtain which going into these negotiations allows you to do and as I mentioned, the sec is very strict about punishing people who abrogate those agreements where you're not going to reveal anything sensitive or say anything disparaging during the process of buying a company he doesn't care you know i mean I think it's i think he's happy it's like you know he broke a few things in the store they're going to make him pay for it he's fine with that 210 599 5555 now one of the things joe biden talked about today was we are not going to let states prevent people from crossing the line out of their state with no abortion into a state that allows abortion. What do you think about that? 210 599 Can you even imagine what authority a state would have to do that? Can you... Uh, imagine the enforcement mechanism what's the what and what is the federal government's response i mean is the federal government going to operate a transportation system is it going to personally transport abortion seeking women from state a to state b i think this is a lot of just a lot of hot air he's getting a lot of pressure and a lot of anger from his base from women, from Democratic office holders, from celebrities. He's got Deborah Messing angry at him. He's already lost grace. Now he might lose Will. So he's trying to, you know, grasp for straws and come up with some, well, look what I'm doing. What are you really doing? And, you know, I, I said this at the, the day that the Dobbs decision came out. I, if, if this is important to you, if you are pro abortion rights, okay? Your party had 50 years, 49 to codify this and put it beyond the reach of a Supreme Court decision. They didn't do it. They didn't have a plan. A guy named Nate Hockman is writing today at National Review. And he's pointing out, and this is a really good point, you know, after the Dobbs decision, the Democrats tried to scare people by saying, well, you know, now your other rights might be at risk, like same-sex marriage. The Supreme Court might take that away. And Nate Hockman asks a good question. If they believe that, why aren't they voting to codify same-sex marriage, as a federal right. See, they they talk out of both corners of their mouths. They're using it as a fundraising get-out-the-vote tactic, but they're not doing anything about it. And I think it's the same thing here. 210-599-5555. Chris is on KTSA. Chris, good afternoon.
1: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I got a question. Uh, they're, they're trying to, in one state, it says you can't have an abortion, but they say, hey, you can go to this state and have an abortion. Okay, and it's legal. But yet, if you buy a gun in Texas with an extended mag and you go to California that bans illegal or bans extended mags, what's the difference? It's still illegal. But they, they, they still try to prosecute everybody for buying a gun, transporting it over state lines, and using it in a, in a killing but yet they're still saying it's okay to have an abortion in another state that agrees with it, but you're from a state
2: that does not agree with it. Chris, I might be slow today, and I apologize if I am. I'm, I'm kind of not following you. Explain this to me again, how you're comparing. Well, Are you comparing well, bringing a gun from a state that allows it to a state that doesn't? Is that the comparison you're making?
1: Yeah, they're, they're, and, they, and they prosecute you for that because it's illegal. Mm-hmm. And they want to tell you to kill, and they want to take away your rights because you bought a gun legally in one state, but you cross the line to another state mm-hmm. that doesn't allow it. But yet, for abortion, Texas is now a no-abortion state, but they cross state lines to go have an abortion, which is legal now. So, but you're still killing, and it's still illegal to kill to kill a child, mm-hmm. you know, from conception. Th- okay well the the the, do the Dobbs
2: decision the Dobbs decision returned to the states the decision or the the discretion over how to you know legislate abortion right so each state makes its own laws about that there is nothing in the Constitution to begin with that says you have a right to an abortion that would if there was yes. the states the states couldn't uh differentiate right. That, But on guns, but on guns, let me just finish my, I'll I'll come back to you, Chris, but but let me just answer the question. So on guns, there is an actual specific right to bear arms. So the Supreme Court in its decisions has said to the states, you can't make laws that are in violation of that right. But there is no, so I, I don't think your comparison works. One is an explicit right named in the constitution and one of them is a right that was imagined by the Roe decision.
1: Well that is that's yeah, that's correct. But yet in California it's illegal to have a gun that carries more than ten rounds or eight rounds or a mm-hmm. magazine. Here mm-hmm. in Texas you can have a, a fifty round mag and, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. But you take that same gun that's legally here and take that to another state that bans mm-hmm. those I see. You get in trouble for it. Okay. It's
2: against law. So what you would say is every state's gun laws should respect the Second Amendment? That
1: is correct. They
2: should. Okay. Okay. If they don't, and we know they don't, then we know that when we travel, right? We may disagree with it, but we know that's the way it is in those states, right? That, That is correct. Okay. And that's what's uh, going to happen be- with abortion. You're going to have to accept the fact that you have something to say about how your state legislates it, but you're not going to be able to control what Massachusetts or California do about it because you're not a voter in those in those states. Chris, good, good point. Now that I get it, I'm sorry I was a little slow. We'll get to more of these coming up. Grab a line, 210-599-5555, and an update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic.
0: San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
2: 520 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. San Antonio's News Talk station. Jack Riccardi. A lot of breaking news today. Elon Musk terminating his agreement to purchase Twitter, saying that the company didn't uh, come clean with details and disclosures, and people are interpreting that to mean that the Musk review or the the Musk team review of, of Twitter found that it's riddled with way more uh, spam accounts than they admit to. We have the uh, killing of the former Japanese prime minister and a strong U.S. ally, Shinzo Abe. He was gunned down by a middle-aged man while giving a campaign speech in the street, and he was killed with a homemade gun. Have you seen the pictures of the thing? It's It's primeval-looking. I mean, it's duct tape and... It, it's crazy take a look google it and um some of the strictest gun laws in the world and here is a determined fanatical assassin changing history with a homemade gun it kind of makes its own point doesn't it but obviously a great loss to our friends in japan and and really a great loss to the United States I mean we're a pacific power and he had a, a great grasp of that, Shinzo Abe did. And then talking about the governor and the border and whether you think he's doing enough. He gave another executive order today. It, it says that illegal immigrants should be returned to the border, but if I'm reading it right, it doesn't say across. So are you just making it a problem for a different set of communities and counties? 210-599-5555, so all of that on the table and albert is on the radio on ktsa albert good afternoon
3: good afternoon how are you doing today sir
2: good thanks how are you
3: i'm doing well so uh if we can touch back onto the abortion topic that you're talking about yeah uh it, it's first off i'm not pro-abortion i actually think it's a horrific thing uh but on that same token, I've had a lot of conversations with people who are on the opposite side, which is great because that doesn't happen too often. So I think that's pretty lucky that I'm able to do that. Uh, So if we look at, at the basics of of abortions, 92.7%, according to the CDC states that it's, uh, it's women underneath the age of 20 and they're, you know, they're like I said, 92.7%. But the things that the, the right generates as, as, you know, the same as left does this, this kind of terrible view of, of abortion. Again, like I said, and I'm tr- I'm sorry, I'm tiptoeing around this because I don't want to come off as like pro. Well, just say choice. what you want to
2: say. I mean, we, you, you said at the beginning of your yeah. call, you think you personally think it's horrific. So that's okay. I mean, right. So just tell me what right. you think.
3: But we're, so we, we generate, we generate propaganda just like the left at times, but a lot less. And it, you know, showing that in long term effects, you know, thirty week, twenty week abortions, the the way those are done with vacuuming and pulling out literally baby parts. It's horrible. But given that it's only ninety two percent are done before week thirteen, I think we should compromise because that's that's the whole grand scheme of America. We need to compromise. And Texas has the, the Heartbeat Bill which is six weeks uh and you know talking to a lot of the counterparts that i've had they they just don't feel like that that's adequate enough time and if you look at the biology you know, the the t- at 10 weeks there's nervous system starting to form there's a you know you, you've already got the heartbeat so you're starting to get to the point where this this baby can feel we need to really come to the table and sit down and say where does life start where do you want to say life starts and let's Let's have an honest conversation
2: about that let's 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 compromise. so if, do I understand going, you, Albert what you're saying is pro life people shouldn't take the zero abortion position. They should pick a number of abortions or a number of weeks into a pregnancy and draw their line there instead. Is that what you're saying?
3: I'm not saying they draw their line. I'm saying that they need to just like they can't define what a woman is. You can't define what a woman is. That, that creates a whole number of. of problems. So, Albert,
2: what is it you're saying? I'm trying to understand them. What you're? I thought. I thought your point was, hey, hey, uh, folks on the right, you're never going to have zero abortions, so you need to figure out where to draw the limit, the legal limit, for what you're going to permit. Is isn't that what you're saying? No.
3: Yeah, yeah, it, it is, but it's it's a little. I mean, it it's very nuanced. At that, at that approach. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, there's, there's a point to where women are going to go out and, and seek abortions. So, you know, allow, allow that to a certain point. Like France, the women like to look at France and say, "Look at Europe. They, you know, they have awesome abortion rules." Well, at 14 weeks. Let me let me ask
2: you this, about. Albert. Let me ask you this. Um, yeah. Let me use a comparison to something else in history. If we still had slavery, and you and I think slavery is abhorrent and wrong. Would you be satisfied with simply less slavery?
3: Well, absolutely not. That's a that's a that's a terrific point.
2: I mean, yeah. I understand where you're trying to go with this, but if we are, if we if we mean what we say about life, and you you rhetorically ask the question, "When does life begin?" We now we we can now see that it's not a clump of cells. It's it's a it's a it's a growing, gestating human being. Um I, I, I don't think you're gonna satisfy too many people by just moving, you know, sliding the the weak thing around and saying, well this many weeks instead of that many weeks, will that make you happy? I I don't know if that's the way it's gonna the way it's gonna go. Well, I, I, I do think you are right about one thing. When you do this legislatively, nobody gets a hundred percent of what they want okay nobody will. no no side no faction will but i I would just caution you against the idea that there's a morality to settling for some abortion just like you would agree i think there's there's no morality in settling for some slavery
1: correct yeah
2: Yeah. absolutely albert thank you for the call i appreciate it i'm glad we i'm glad I, i i guess i'm a little slow today i'm having a hard time following some of this but but i i want to and i want to hear what you think about it 210 599-5555. 599-5555. Curtis is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Curtis, good afternoon.
6: Hi, how are you doing?
2: Good, thank you. How are you?
6: I'm doing okay. I uh, just wanted to call and give my two cents. Um, you know, your, your caller just a moment ago said, you know, we need to figure out where life begins. Uh, a lot of people, and I agree with these people, believe that life begins at conception. Mm -hmm. So there's you know, there are no number of weeks you need to wait Uh, Mm -hmm. as soon as as uh, there's conception that life begins. And the second point I wanted to make is the left has shown on numerous other issues that there's no compromising with them. You cannot compromise with the left. Uh, You might be able to compromise with some Democrats, but the modern left that we Mm -hmm. have, Mm -hmm. you cannot compromise on them. Uh, they, they've shown that with uh, with uh, gun control. they've shown that with you know on the abortion uh, issue. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now, even with Roe versus Wade being overturned, abortion is not illegal in this country. It's illegal in certain states,
2: mm-hmm. but
6: it's not illegal in, in this entire country. Mm-hmm. The, the way that panned out, you know, was you could look at it as sort of a compromise. And Let me tell you what, what I think is
2: going on with that. the with the left, Curtis. I I I think they are truly they have they have so little experience losing battles in the culture war that they cannot grasp that this has happened to them. Whereas conservatives, going back to Roe v. Wade and even before. We've, we've always known we had an uphill battle. We've always known we had to win people's uh, hearts and minds over. The, the pro-life movement is, is really more a movement to persuade people not to kill their babies than to, um, change the laws. But unfortunately, they, the left has never been dealt a, a setback like this. They weren't ready for it. Their own politicians are complaining to Biden. Why didn't you have a plan? You knew this you, you, not only did you know this was on the court's docket, but you had the leak of the Alito opinion two or three months early. You, you guys had no plan, you have no plan for anything else, and that's their fault that's on them and i I, I think you make some good points, but I think they really don't know how, they so seldom get a setback on a cultural issue that they literally don't know how to process it. Um, and, and, you know, we're all guilty sometimes when we think we know how something's going to go and it doesn't go that way. We're all, we, we can all lose our ish over it. That that happens. But, but you, you think about, for example, the, the unhinged reaction to the 2016 election, what I predict will be the unhinged reaction to the 2022 midterm results. When you talk about, um, 49 years to legislatively act on Roe v. Wade. They never did it. They always said they would, but they never did. Uh, and they don't have a plan. And and, and the president rushes out these last-minute, cobbled-together uh, orders today, which really don't do very much. This this is something they're not prepared for. And on the other hand, people who are conservative, people who are pro-life, um, this is exactly the kind of... of uh, I'd say work we're used to doing. Celebrating 100 years of service.
1: KTSA,
2: KTSA News Times 538. And we're talking all kinds of uh, hot topics and breaking news today on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Everything from the border to abortion. And um, and on abortion, um, this notion that the Supreme Court decision spells doom for same-sex marriage is really an interesting one. I, I get why they're, I get why the Democrats are doing it. They're trying to enli- they're trying to broaden the base of people who will rally to them over Dobbs. They need to get you to care about this even if you don't anticipate, contemplate ever making a decision about a pregnancy. So they bring up Obergfell, which was the Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage. But Obergefell happened at a time when the states were already legalizing same-sex marriage. Obergfell short-circuited or preempted a debate that was already happening. And, and frankly, whatever you think about same-sex marriage, it was moving forward. Support for it has gone up and up and up over the years. A, a solid majority of even Republicans support same-sex marriage. So the Supreme Court made it clear in the Dobbs decision it isn't about Obergfell they're not applying the same principles to a bergfell but the question remains if Democrats really believe it's in jeopardy they're not doing anything to protect it except scaring people they have the votes and unlike abortion they really do have the votes it's not it wouldn't be risky for members of Congress including probably many Republican members of Congress to codify Bergfell. Not nearly as risky as an abortion vote. Not nearly. But they're not doing it. Interesting. Politicians are really good at scaring people. And they rely on it. And they've gotten a little too reliant on it. It's become an addiction. 210-599-5555. Uh, David is on KTSA. David, good afternoon.
7: Good afternoon. Good uh... My father would say that you're good people, Jack, and he'd have you over Thank for you. dinner.
2: Thank you, David. I appreciate that.
7: Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just want to make a slight observation. You had a caller in a few minutes ago that was talking about how abortion laws go from state to state, this, that, and the other, and you had a rebuttal. And, and what, what I really want to say is that it was healthy. It was a healthy Not that you changed his mind or changed the conversation, or it was just a healthy interaction, and I just appreciated that, and I just wanted to call in to say you're good people, and 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 we need more of that. He he wasn't upset about it. You weren't upset about it. It just it was what it was, and and we move on, you know. But it was just a healthy a healthy uh, rebuttal and we need more of that well, i you.
2: appreciate appreciate you saying that thank you david good to hear from you and thank you for that uh lorraine is on ktsa jack ricardi show hi lorraine
5: hello how are you doing today
2: doing good how are you
5: all right two quick points one on um termination of pregnancy which is actually the correct the, right, the correct terminology you need to make allowances when a woman has things like, such as an ectopic pregnancy at eight weeks, seven weeks, where the fertilization occurs in the fallopian tube. A woman will die if we don't.
2: Yeah, actually, and we, we talked about this last week, Lorraine, an ectopic pregnancy is not uh, treated with an abortion. There's a procedure for it that is not an abortion. It's not comparable.
5: Well, see, abortion is kind of a misdemeanor. It's all termination of the- yeah, I'm
2: sorry, the- Lorraine. No, I'm not going to buy the argument. It's not the same. It, okay. There was a tweet that went around, and it was packed with misinformation. It listed a bunch of medical uh, exigencies like ectopic pregnancy, and the the person who wrote it was attempting to say, here are a bunch of people who will die if you can't get an abortion. Doctors got on Twitter and said none of those conditions are treated with anything that we would refer to as an abortion. For example, there is a procedure called DNC. It's not an abortion. And it is an, an acceptable and legal treatment for certain complications. So I'm not gonna let you lie about this. Or if you've been I'm misinformed, so I want lying, you to know. If, if, me, if you've been misinformed, but, uh, I want you to know you've been misinformed. Because well, that's not, abortion is not the treatment for an ectopic pregnancy. pregnancy. Okay. Okay, point set.
5: We need, we need to let doctors continue to learn how to, to do these, these terminations, because it is it is a...
2: It isn't a new condition. Ectopic pregnancies are not new. They've been treating them for decades, and it's not treated Why with an abortion. You're going to have to let go of that it comparison. Is. It's not there.
5: Okay, and I don't look at tweets, so I don't know where you get the information. Second thing is, gun rights. Okay, what was the ratification of the amendment? What, ni- 1790? How, how many rounds would the, would the rifles and pistols hold at that time, that's how many rounds you should be able to have today for legal rights. Mm. If it was a musket with so, one round, so we should keep the same
2: did. laws that we had in seventeen eighty nine or seventeen ninety. No, in that case we no, wouldn't no. have any abortions, Lorraine. Nice try, but it doesn't really doesn't really work very well for your point of view. Uh I would Lorraine, you need to really rethink all of that. That was a that was a hot mess. So no, uh ectopic pregnancies are not cured with an abortion. Uh, and I don't think you want to keep uh, the uh, conditions or state of law from 1789. I, I I don't. But I will tell you this about all of the amendments uh, in the Bill of Rights. They're all natural rights. They're not given by the founders or given by the framers of the Constitution. They weren't dreamed up, and then written down and put to a vote. Okay, they're natural rights. They are being recognized in the Bill of Rights as predating government, predating our government. So you had them before we had the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights is just recognizing them. And secondly, any of them, you could look at any of them. You could look at at freedom of speech. You could say, well, we we didn't have um, copiers, or we didn't have word processors, or we didn't have the internet or radio and television. Uh, they didn't intend. that. That's not how it works. It's a principle. The technology may change. The application of that technology changes. The founders were, were pretty smart men. They knew their history. They knew all of the change that had preceded them. I think they were pretty sure that over the ensuing years, many more things would change, changes they wouldn't live to see. It's very naive to think that they thought or intended that 1789 would be a moment frozen in time. We would never get past it. Uh, Guns would always look like that or operate that way. It's very naive, and there's nothing to support that. And so, Lorraine, if you haven't been on Twitter, um, I'm glad. That's a good thing. But you're repeating talking points that have been debunked repeatedly, and you can't can't get away with it. Not here. 210-599-5555 or... Jack at KTSA.com. David is on the radio. David, good afternoon.
8: Hey, good afternoon. I thought the other David was me, and I started talking. I was fine.
2: (laughs) This time it's really you.
8: Yep. Hey, uh, I want to make a couple points. Uh, For one, thank you for having me on on the radio. Um, When when my parents uh, were around, uh, I guess my mom came from a family with nine kids, and my family, we had five kids. And then the succeeding generation after that has been having one to three kids on average. And a lot of that is because of economics, of just the cost of putting a kid through uh, uh, school, uh, after-school programs, uh, summer uh, daycare, uh, athletics, college. All that stuff has been increasingly expensive and prohibitive to a lot of people to have large families. So uh, you made an excellent point, which I heartily agree with, in um, – your uh, natural laws that predate the Constitution and predate uh, government, and and where I'm leading with that is that for thousands of years prior to the United States being a country, women have sought out abortions when they when they felt that they needed one, either using uh, shaman or women medicine uh, men with uh, with herb uh, products or things like that. But that, in my mind, fits under the category of a natural right. Now, in modern-day society... Well, uh, all right, David, if, if, if that, that it,
2: was a like, natural right because other civilizations have done it, then why isn't slavery, the holding of slaves, a natural right?
8: Uh, because it's wrong. And so, so we, we have a difference.
2: So you can declare that knowledge. slavery is wrong, but you can also declare on your own that terminating a baby in the womb is right. Because it 's been done well, in that's the
8: past that 's based that's based, on a, that's based on a personal religious belief
2: yeah. no it 's not the 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 principle of not killing a baby in the womb is protecting an innocent life, a, a vulnerable life that doesn 't have any agency is how the law puts it and and that's that 's not that you, you do have people that reference or buttress that argument with their religious beliefs, but you wouldn 't say, for example, that murder is against the law. Because of the Ten Commandments, would you?
8: Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Uh, okay. Well, you've already gone there. I, I find of, the
2: argument yeah. that we've had abortions for thousands of years and therefore we should recognize them or allow them now. I don't. I don't. I don't get your reasoning. You won't. You won't yes, accept slavery, well, which we also had for I, thousands of years across well, many used, different used, civilizations.
8: You used, right. You use slavery with one of the last callers to kind of get him to shut up or agree with you on your point.
2: No, I I wasn't trying to 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 get him to shut up or agree with me, but I'm trying to expose the fallacy of what you're saying.
8: Okay, am I going to get a chance to talk more?
2: You've been talking.
8: All right. So there are, uh, like, you said that abortion is not illegal in the country, and it's not. However, now individual states have the ability to make it completely illegal, even in the situation of rape or incest. And there are uh, states that are going that direction. And I believe, my own personal belief, is that a woman uh, should not be forced to have a baby in those circumstances. And also, Mm -hmm. I personally believe that the science isn't there to prove that a soul is in a clump of cells in an embryo that is at a certain stage. Now, whether we all
6: agree... How would science determine
2: a soul? If you're going to use the term soul, where is the science going to come in on that? Well, soul is not really a science a term, is it? Uh,
8: it? Well, souls are a fact. I believe you know, like there's a, an entity that is. So you keep stating body.
2: things that are facts because you say they are, but you have no basis for that. That's and, just your and opinion. Vice versa. And, vice versa, let, me and you, let me ask you. This, let me ask you this, David. Let me ask you this because I respect. Okay. I respect right. your premise that you want to make sure abortions are available under certain circumstances, right? Okay, thank you. Why is it not okay for you to go to your state legislature now and make that case and plead that case and support candidates who agree with you and oppose candidates who don't? Why are you so against that notion as opposed to nine justices in 1973 making a ruling that has to be imposed or apply to every American in every state? Why wouldn't it be better to have 50-state discussions and debates like the one we're having right now.
8: It's because the women who live in those states have that imposed upon them without really having a voice except to go through. You
2: say imposed, but it's going to come through a democratic process. Uh, To me, imposed is when a bunch of unelected, lifetime-appointed judges issue an edict. That seems a lot more imposed than a democratic process that you might prevail in or I, I might prevail in.
8: Well, it's when you have a group of white men making decisions over women's bodies, and that's what's What happening. does it
2: have to do with, what, 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 I'm sorry, what does the white men part of it have to do with this? And is Clarence Thomas a white man, too? You know, David, you keep slipping. You're, 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 your, your argument's getting weaker and weaker. I appreciate the call, though. Thank you. 551 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. So when, when everything else is falling apart, blame the white guys, right? That's always the way. 555 on san antonio's news talk station 550 and 1071 ktsa jack riccardi late afternoon show the dish coming up after 6 210 599 roberts on ktsa hi robert
1: yes sir i just wanted to say uh jack that uh this uh abortion thing uh i appreciate your heating discussions and everything but the uh it's about the economy. That's a distraction. That's a Biden distraction. That's not uh, the real issue. Is uh, the economy, and other this this abortion thing. I mean, with, he just brought. No, I don't agree with uh, the abortion topic. I agree with uh, the economy. What's going on with the economy? The gas, the prices at the food market. I mean, the the, the common man what they have to pay at the at at the grocery store. At uh, at the gas pump, uh, I don't agree with the with the. Well, they're arguments. trying to they're trying to make the
2: argument. The 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 Biden administration and the Democrats are trying to make the argument that when it comes time to vote in November, uh, abort the abortion decision will be the factor. And to that, I would say, if 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 that's true, then people should vote against Democrats because Democrats failed them. Democrats sat on Roe v. Wade for forty nine years. Uh, and lazily never codified it. They talked a good game, they even promised to do it, but they never did. Um, Why should you believe them on protecting other rights or protecting other vulnerable groups when they didn't do for 49 years? And, And let's be honest, maybe not for all 49 years, but certainly for the last few years, and particularly for the last several months, the handwriting was on the wall. Anyone who knew anything about the Supreme Court knew that if the Sup- this Supreme Court took an abortion decision, and they did at the beginning of their term, which was last year, you knew what the, what the numbers would be. The only question was, would it be 5 to 4 or 6 to 3? So they've had all kinds of time. And if you're, a, if you're in a same-sex marriage and you're hearing these warnings, I would just say to you, first of all, I don't think, I don't think the Supreme Court is coming for your marriage. I really don't. I don't think it's even comparable. But, but if you are worried about that, your issue is with the Democrats. Because if they're saying that's at risk, that's all they're saying. They're not doing anything. And you're their base, and you need to call them out on that. And I agree with Robert. I, I do think that they would rather talk about stuff that they can scare you with, than own an economic record that is historically abysmal and getting worse. And it affects everybody. It it applies to a lot more people and a lot more human uh, you know activity. So we'll see what happens. This midterm is a long way off, but I would agree that right now they will bring up and talk about anything but the economy probably hear about ukraine again pretty soon too
5: beans and comrades. beans and
1: fight beans, 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 beans not cornbread.
4: 6.05
2: on KTSA. If the uh, week feels like it went by quickly, I, and it definitely feels like it went by quickly, I guess, we, I guess we do have to remember that it was a short week for some people, so I don't want to take any of the fun out of it, but, you know, just saying. Anyway, we get to the end of the week. We get to the last hour of the last show of the week. And we call this hour The Dish, and it's about restaurants. And it's you. You're the star. It's all about your calls at 210-599-5555. What we're talking about are any and all restaurants, any kind of restaurant, anywhere in or around San Antonio and South Texas, so anywhere you could drive to. We're talking about uh, chain restaurants, mom and pop, hole in the wall, Every price, every cuisine, new places, old established places, and your call is to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. So, if you went out to lunch today or dinner last night or had drive-through or you had DoorDash or whatever it is, I want to hear about the food, the price, the service. What do you recommend to us if we go there? Why should we stay away? If you had a bad experience, praise or zing any restaurant right now at two ten. 599-5555. I always tell people, you're going to talk about it like you would talk to a friend or a coworker about a place. Hey, you got to try this. This is really good. Make sure you get such and such when you go there. And the phone lines are open for that right now. 210-599-5555 on the dish. We're talking restaurants. Um, along the way, we'll scrape up the remaining votes on today's Stevens Roofing Jr. poll question, and we'll have the results on that right before 7 o'clock tonight. The, um, see the story about Brad Pitt this week? <laughs> it's kind of a weird story. I, I, I'd never heard of this before. Um, Brad Pitt, the actor, says in the GQ interview that he suffers from prosopagnosia, and that is an inability to remember faces. It's sometimes called face blindness. Brad Pitt says, people hate me for not remembering them. And uh, he says that his condition was diagnosed because he was afraid he was losing his memory. But it's very specific. People that have this, their memory is fine. They can remember other things just fine. But they do not recall or cannot recognize even familiar faces, even partners and family members. If they have prosopagnosia. I wonder if that's why he left Jennifer Aniston. Just just didn't didn't know who she was. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just just passing this along. So you may have wondered over the years, maybe you've envied Brad Pitt, you know. Yes, he has it all, he has everything. Can't remember faces. I'm not saying it's not a real thing. I looked it up, it is a real thing. They say about two percent of the population has it. But I predict now that there'll be a lot of people claiming to have it, when in reality they just, I, I'm like, I'm bad, with, I'm bad with, I'll remember a face, but I'll, I'll have a hard time putting a name with it. I'll know that I know you, but I will have a hard time with the name part of it. I, I don't think we have to give a name to it. I think it's just, that's just how some of us are, right? You know, We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Brad Pitt seems to have a lot of other things going for him, so I'm not going to feel too bad. 210 uh, 599 We're talking restaurants and the dish. We start with Kane on KTSA. Happy Friday. Good afternoon.
0: Hey, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? Super. So uh, Lockhart Bistro. This is an amazing place. The chef is the owner, and the guy's real personable. All the food there is absolutely to die for. The prices are great for what you get. You get good-sized portions. I mean, I'm telling you, the bartender is world-renowned, literally. Guy's been everywhere doing his whole life. He's kind of older, makes amazing drinks. Atmosphere is great. It's an old building downtown they fixed up. They got lots of cool art in there. Good place. Mm -hmm.
2: Nice. Anything in particular you'd recommend the first time somebody goes?
0: Uh, Yeah, the Black & Wagyu.
2: Wow. Okay. So a blackened, so that's a steak, right?
0: It is, yes, it is a steak.
2: So black, yeah. does blackened mean well done, or just like seared on the outside? Or
0: no, it's the type of seasoning they use. It comes with uh, home style grits, which are out of this world. I never had grits like this, and um, and some seasoned vegetables that are also. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy really knows how to cook. Mm-hmm. He is one of a kind. This is the kind of place where. I mean for two people with some drinks you can easily go spend one fifty. Um but in, in in any other type of area, like you go to Austin San Antonio, get this kind of food, you're gonna spend two, three hundred dollars easy.
2: Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. know because I've done it. Right. All right. One nineteen East San Antonio Street in Lockhart, Texas. Lockhart Bistro. That's our first call on that one on the dish. Kane, thank you. Praise for Lockhart Bistro. One nineteen East San Antonio Street. Lockhart, Texas, 210-599-5555. You can also email me, jack at KTSA.com, if it's easier for you to do it that way than to call in. And, in fact, an email here from D to Jack, to, uh, jack at ktsa.com. She says, Jack, I like your show. Listen, uh, when I uh, get out of work late, uh, a lot of sushi places are no longer serving. Can your listeners recommend sushi places that are open late? So, D is looking for sushi recommendations that are open late. Now, I, I don't know what "late" means because I guess that's a word that can mean different things to different people. I mean, some people think it's late now. <laughs> this is late. Um, I guess if you mean like after, you mean like after nine or after ten? Uh, obviously, with the hours of this show, when I go out, I often don't get to a place till you know eight. Uh, and some places are already starting to wrap it up at 8 or or 9. So I guess she's looking for places that would be open at least till 9 or later. Let's say 9, 10 or later. Um, I know some of the sushi places are. Sushi Express is open till 9.30. Kamori is open till 10, I think. Um, I'll I'll look at some of the places I like and see what time they're open until. But if you have a a late night or place you know is really good for sushi and you're pretty sure they're open... Past 9 o'clock, give us a call with that. D is waiting to hear your recommendation. 210-599-5555. You can praise or zing any restaurant on the dish. Make the call. Um, A law went into effect today that will make a black box and a speed governor mandatory on all new cars sold in the European Union as of, I think it's a year from now. It involves technology that can uh, calculate the posted speed limit of the place you're in. And if the driver is exceeding the posted speed limit in that place, it can either send out a warning to the driver, like on the dashboard or other indicators vibrations lights things like that Um, it can give feedback through the accelerator it can feather the accelerator pedal or it can automatically slow the car down how would you like to be zipping along and your car is slowing you down because it knows big brother knows that you're exceeding the speed limit how would you feel about that that's not in this country I mean, people have been saying for years that was coming. And the the technology or the, I guess, the capability, I should say, seems like it's already here. And already there are people that have various degrees. I mean, you see commercial vehicles, speed is governed. You have people that have those plug-in devices where they have a deal with their insurance company where if they agree to the the monitoring device, they get a discounted premium. So the capability is there. The European Union has taken it to the next level. So if you're heavy-footed, they're going to slow you down. What do you think about that? Speaking of features on cars, we had a lot of response yesterday. We were talking about things that used to be built into cars. I'm still getting a ton of emails. Things that used to be on cars or were once commonly found on cars that they don't do anymore It started with Sean Ryma lamenting that they don't make cars with CD players anymore, which I agree with. Uh, I agree with him that I lament that. But anyway, we had a lot of callers, everything from pop-up headlights to hood ornaments to um, crotch vents to wing windows. Um, I posted today, you can go to KTSA.com, and it's on the homepage. I posted a, and, and no one mentioned this, and I was really surprised that this didn't come up, but it's an accessory that, a lot of people used to use. It was very popular. It probably peaked in popularity in the 50s and 60s. And I, nobody mentioned it last night, and I don't know if most people seeing it will even know what it is. But take a look at my uh, Jack Riccardi Just a Minute video at KTSA.com. See if you know what that thing is, and drop me a line, Jack, at KTSA.com if you do. We're going to get to more of your calls on The Dish. We're going to talk restaurants and get the poll results and update KTSA time saver traffic on 550 and 1071 KTSA.
0: The Jack Riccardi Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM
2: 1071. Head into the weekend. Triple digits right through the weekend. We're used to it now, right? We're We're all acclimated to that. 210-599-5555. We're talking restaurants in this hour of the show. It's called The Dish. If you're new to our show, we, we've we done this for many, many, many years every Friday night. And you can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. You might have driven through for donuts. You might have sat down for a multi-course meal at a white linen tablecloth restaurant or anything in between. Breakfast tacos, lunch sandwiches. What was that uh, thing the guy said? Blackened Wagyu. We'll take it all on the dish. 210-599-5555. Just want to hear your most recent restaurant experience. Would you praise or zing uh that restaurant? By the way, um to the emailer D who was asking about sushi, seems like most places are open till you know, nine or ten. She was saying that she likes sushi and works late and a lot of places she can't get to in time. Uh so if you have a recommendation for her of a good what you consider to be a good sushi place, uh she's looking for a place that would be open late. Um I really like um I'll I'll name a few. I, I really like Piranha uh down at the quarry, that's open till ten. Komori is open till ten. Godai on West Avenue is open till nine. Uh Sushi Express on Stone Oak is open excuse me, till nine thirty, I think. So I guess Late, late enough, I don't know. 210 599 you can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Can we talk about, uh, is it all right if we talk about dinosaurs and sex for a moment? Does anyone else talk to you about that today? That seems like something that might have come up on Sean's show, but in case it hasn't, News- Newsweek has a story today about the T-Rex... Remember the T-Rex from Jurassic World? Giant, huge, massive dinosaur predator. Tiny arms. Tiny little arms. According to a new study, they now believe they know what the T-Rex did with those tiny arms. They were for sex. I don't really know exactly mechanically how that worked. I'm not sure I want to. But they th- they've they been trying to figure out, apparently people who study fossils and dinosaurs have for, for, forever and a day tried to figure out well, what were those, those tiny little arms for? What were they good for? And uh, they now think that the new theory is that they were used to hold the sex partner during reproductive behavior. So apparently the T-Rex was... H- had a very uh, solid game, even with tiny arms. probably a bunch of guys right now leaving the gym early. Like I don't have to do this. <laughs> Why am I working on my arms? Tiny arms. T Rex. There you go. Just passing that along. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five or Jack at KTSa dot com. We talked about the new law in the U in the EU on uh, speeding, uh, driving over the speed limit. Japan has a new law according to CNN online insults will be punishable by up to a year in prison new law going into effect this week people convicted of online insults can also be fined up to 300,000 yen which is a couple of thousand dollars previously there had been uh, much smaller fines and and much smaller incarceration or sentences. Uh, They're going to try this law out for three years and then review it. No one's quite clear on what exactly counts as an insult. Like, is an insult something you say about somebody that isn't true? What if I'm offended but it is true? Is that an insult? What if you, I mean, we now live in a world where everybody reviews everything online. If, if you review my business, give it a bad review, you've insulted me. I send you to the big house for that? I don't know about that. But it's going to be against the law in Japan to insult someone online. Just go to their house and insult them in person like we used to do in the old days. 210-599-5555. Mary is on the dish on KTSA. Mary, happy Friday.
9: Well, thank you. You too. Thank you. yeah, hey, I wanted to call in with uh, three thumbs up for Ma Harper's Creole Kitchen. Oh, yeah. There on New York, New Brussels. Mm-hmm. I, I had better fish and uh, shrimp and all there than I did anywhere that I can think of in Louisiana.
2: Wow. That's high praise.
9: Awesome. Her boudin was awesome. It was just real good meal.
2: Was it your first time there, or have you been going there regularly? Or?
9: I'm embarrassed to say that was my first time there. i had been to go before and hadn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, they're have. they still on their COVID hours, so they're only open, I think she said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday from, like, noon to 5. But if you can get in there in that time frame, outstanding food. Yeah. And if Ma yeah. Harper's there that day, you'll, you'll get a, a dinner and a show because she's a talker. It was a, it was a great experience.
2: Yes, she is. So of all the things you had, what was what was the thing people definitely need to get the first time they go? What do you what's a must have? Uh,
9: if they like a little bit of spice, the boudin. If they're okay. not into spice, but then into into just perfectly cooked fish, I'd get the fish.
2: Fried fish. Very good. Well, Mary, I'm glad you called. Thank you. Praise for Ma Harper's Creole Kitchen. It's eighteen sixteen. North New Braunfels Avenue, 1816 North New Braunfels Avenue, Ma Harper's Creole Kitchen. We've been uh, getting calls on the dish for years about Ma Harper's and uh, all praise. Uh, The last one was actually two years ago, almost to the day. Uh, And it was praise for the pork chops and the red beans and rice. A little bit of a different direction with that one. This time uh, the boudin and the fried fish.